Welcome to Vaginance. <laughs> I'm not sure we ever started. That wasn't on the episode. Episode. Yeah, we didn't really, we haven't really, I don't know, should we just call it and watch this whole thing away? I think this episode might be about it the doldrums. Being might stuck in the doldrums. into one of our episodes. Yeah. That's just a short, some short info. Little bits. I do some... not envy the person who has been this <laughs> Some pre pre thoughts on real estate. Um, how about we thought we had a topic, but actually we just wanted to talk to each other. Actually, we were going through it today. Okay, everyone. Post GameStop depression, petty depression. <laughs> the GameStop come down was real hard. <laughs> Yeah, it could just be GameStop Game, come down. GameStop <laughs> depression. And that compounded with end of month slash beginning of the month finances and credit card payments. You know, yes. it happens to all of us. Yeah, this is a good snapshot <laughs> yeah. of how you feel at the beginning of the month. Financial <laughs> blues. It's my birthday this weekend. Yay. Yay. For listeners out there, you may not have heard as the rest of the podcast has, but I got my birthday glasses on. You Yay. mentioned it in a lot in the when we talked about I mentioned that I do it, but they didn't know oh, that yeah. now I right. she's have done it. Them. Oh, get a them. get a photo so everyone wants to know. They're gorgeous. Maybe post a pic. <laughs> yes. That's the birthday. <laughs> make that face again. Phil <laughs> yeah, does this to me all the time. I'll do something really dumb. She's like, do it again. And I'm like, no, I find myself too funny. I now, if you're gonna do it, you gotta admit. You gotta, I don't. There's enough bad pictures of me already around in the world. You gotta let me give you a sexy selfie because I'm good at I'm good at the sultry, sexy selfie. Look. We'll send it to Becca so she can post it on Instagram. Um, yeah, I do. I do think it's good. I, I guess I'm saying I'm glad that we've talked about the shit because I think it's good to leave in moments you feel like you're backsliding or it's not always because yeah. there's that what you were saying like hustle culture where it's like we're up leveling and we're like just getting better and better and nothing's ever wrong and it's not reality yeah there are moments that you have where you doubt yourself and that you feel like you're falling behind or you're not always progressing sometimes you feel like you're going back and I think it's important to show that and talk about that Otherwise, I know if I were listening to a podcast where everyone was like, everything's great all the time and I look at all these things I'm doing, I'd be like, well, you're unrelatable. Go fuck yourself. If we were perfect, we wouldn't have had to start having these conversations. That is true. <laughs> that is very true. But yeah, no, I think it's good to like show the good, the bad, and the ugly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely uh, paid off a credit card sometime last year and then now have credit card debt again. Mm-hmm. Not like a crazy as much as the most it's ever been, but it is something that now I'm like, oh, fuck, now I got to like do that again. <laughs> it's annoying. That's annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I got to pay back the money I already spent. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> Actually, let me just keep that. Fucking... <laughs> uh, yeah. Healthy financial habits you never think to do. Ooh. Mm. Like what? Like uh, checking your credit score every once in a while to make sure there's no sketchy shit on there, mm. which is something most people don't think to do, but it could actually help, which is what I did. That's when I found out there was like that $700 credit card Ooh. that I didn't know about where I was like, well, this isn't my card. And I like contacted them. And then a week later, they're like, oh, yeah, we took it off. Sorry. That's JK. Bananas. So, yeah, because apparently there's a lot of people out there in your identity can easily get mistaken. 
Um, changing the one thing I did recently, I changed all the due dates on my credit cards to be at the same day, which I don't know is a good thing necessarily because now I owe a bunch of money all at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> which I kind of fucking hate. But I remember to pay it. That's and before nice. all of my credit cards were at different due dates throughout the month. Oh. One was like the 18th. One was the fucking fourth. One was the 27th. And I, I was constantly paying late fees, even though I had paid off all my credit card debt because I didn't remember when to pay my credit card. And there's no option to auto pay the full amount. You can only pay the minimum. So I went in there. And I was like, fuck this. And I did like a bunch of I like it took me like maybe 10, 20 minutes, but I figured out where to go to change. Like you can you have to request. You can't even automatically change it. You have to go in and request that the due date be changed. That's weird. And then they didn't even give me the due date I asked for. I asked for the first just to have everything due on the first. And they gave me the fourth. But they put all on the fourth. (laughs) Yes. First has been taken. (laughs) Yeah. So so at least they're all on the same day now every month. But yeah, it's like kind of a bigger so fiasco weird. than I thought it would be. <laughs> I think the fourth is probably better, though, I for agree. a single yeah. date, just in case, because a lot of people get paid possibly at the end of the month. Yeah. If it takes a day or two for that to clear because of weekends or something, yeah. fourth sounds safer. But ball or move. Now I have no money in my account, but it's fine. But you're not paying late fees. Mm -mm. I'm not paying late fees. I love healthy financial habits. Anyone else? Healthy financial habits. That what was it that you don't think about? Yeah, that maybe you might not think about. Um, there's the one that I always say, which is cancel your auto renewals. Mm -hmm. Maggie classic. In 2020, I spent a lot of time making it so that my bank accounts were kind of streamlined to where um, I stopped using Wells Fargo because I don't really think Wells Fargo is a great company mm. and use Josh Rob for my checking and have a savings account that's outside of that banking account. Mm. So that way I'm not tempted to use my savings as easily because mm-hmm. it actually like has, I have to think about it and I have to transfer the money. It takes some time. So instead I just say that's like, you know, and then um, kind of the same thing you said, like setting up your credit cards to just auto pay at the same time. Mm-hmm. So you have everything automated mm-hmm. that should be automated and things that shouldn't be automated are not automated. Yeah. I thought about change- or canceling my credit card recently just so I wouldn't have to think about all the things that are on auto pay. Um, and that way everyone would have to contact me about renewing. <laughs> My or like That's updating smart, my credit card info. I think Maggie had said that once. I have done that before. Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I might do that because, like, I, I mean, my credit card, the main one that I use, um, expires in December. So I was like, I could just wait till December, or I could just cancel it. And I don't know. I haven't decided yet. But I think today I was just really bummed because I paid all my credit cards in. Like I try to have enough in my, all my credit cards are with Chase and I try to have enough in my Chase account to cover all those credit cards. Like I have my account with the money where I get paid goes into and then the three credit cards. And I, I ideally every month I want it to be to where I can just use that money to pay my mortgage and to pay the credit cards. And this month I couldn't do that. I failed. Um, so I had, but I knew that it wasn't going to be enough. So I transferred, I had to transfer over like a thousand dollars from my savings 
um, to help cover the credit cards and the mortgage. And I just like felt like it was a failure. But I read something though that um, kind of made me feel better one time that was like um, talking about how someone was really bummed because they just couldn't. Or, like, they would build up an emergency fund, and then they would have, like, their car would break, and they'd have to use it. And then the emergency fund's gone. They feel like they're starting at zero all the time. But it's, like, but really you're not starting at zero because you have that savings that you had. Like, you could be starting even worse than what you are now. Yeah, you could could be, like, starting where you were last year, right? And you're ahead of that. So even though it's, like, one step backwards, you're still ten steps forward. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. I guess, yeah, I, I guess I just wish I didn't have to like dip into my savings because I, in my ideal world, my savings would be like traveling and like buying things I really wanted to buy or like taking a class I really want, like shit that like I wanted to do outside of, yeah, that makes me happy outside of like necessities. And I feel like I my savings is really just like, catastrophe like if shit ha- like my car breaks down or if something happens right now that's what it's used for um so it's just kind of a bummer that i can't like use it for anything fun like i feel like i i don't know it just takes it's like i i it's it's and it's completely my personality where i like i want things to happen faster than they happen so i get i get really discouraged and i feel like giving up if it's not immediate you know so it's like, well, I've been do, like working really fucking hard to try to get my shit together and pay down my credit card and like figure out my life and my finances. And when it when I'm not like perfect at it right away, I want to give up and it feels like overwhelming. So that's just me trying to be a perfectionist, though. I uh, think that's super relatable. <laughs> really? yeah. I agree. Very relatable. But yes, also... Um, we should take some before snapshots from November. Yeah. So that when you're feeling sad, you can look at them and be like, still doing a lot better than that. Even on on bad days. Like dramatically better. Not even. No contest. Totally different situation. Yeah, I hope so. I guess I'm just worried that like I'm going to end up like what you were saying, like something's going to happen and I'm going to have to drain my entire savings and then it's going to be like a domino effect where now I have no savings and then something else happens and I have to pay my mortgage and I have to like start putting more and more on my credit cards and I can't like it's going to feel like I quickly go back down the hole that I like had to dig myself out of. Mm. Um, So I guess that's the fear is that if there's not enough of a savings there, then any one thing going wrong could like totally put me back three steps and I'd have to start all over again. I mean, I would be in less debt, but it would still be debt. And like, I don't want to be in debt again because it fucking sucks and it's really hard to get out of debt. I think that's super, super relatable. But also remember when you were, before you started paying off your debt, you were like afraid to deal with your debt because your fear was that you would just continue to grow it once you started paying attention to it. Like you didn't want to deal with it because you were worried you would just get more in debt. And this seems to be a recurring, like what is it do you think that you need that will make you feel settled? Because you're out of debt now. You got a savings, girl. I am, but it still feels like I'm living month to month. Like I'm still scared that 
Like I'm just barely paying off my credit cards every month, you know, Mm -hmm. like I'm doing it. But I guess what's frustrating is I don't know where I can like make changes to save more and do more to like cut expenses. Like I feel like I'm a little bit out of my depth and like what what else can I be doing? Because like there's certain things where when I look at my credit card statements, I try to think, okay, what can I get rid of? that's going to, in a meaningful way, that's going to like add up. Like, you know, without, like there's certain little things that I, like luxuries that I afford myself, like the meal subscription box, where it's like I'm paying a little bit more for money or for for food, I think 12 bucks a meal, like 10 to 12 bucks a meal for me and Joey versus maybe, you know, just going to the grocery store, buying and planning everything out and spending five to $6 a meal. Where I'm like, do I want, like, I go back and forth there where I'm like, where can I cut things? But then when I look at it, it's like already pretty bare bones because I was spending so much more than I had before Mm. when I was in credit card debt. It was like uh, anytime I wanted something, I would just buy it. And now I like don't, I don't buy things as much. So I'm like, how much more can I cut out? And I still feel like I'm not saving as much as I should be. And I've already cut out like 85% of the bullshit spending I used to do. So I guess it's like, I feel like I'm sacrificing a lot for like little reward right mm. now, which kind of sucks, but. That's why it's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Because every purchase is like a huge like mental, um, like I'm, I'm like having to fight, like it's like a mental battle. Like I'm fighting with myself. Like, why, do I really need this? Do I really want like I it takes me days to decide I even want to buy something now, which is good, but it starts to feel like I'm denying myself any joy, <laughs> you know, of like because it really is shopping is an addiction. Like the more that you buy things that you get that like instant rush of dopamine where you're like, oh, I got a package and it's like something cool and new that I don't didn't have before and it feels really good. And then you want to keep doing that. And when you stop and you like pay attention to it and you don't you know have those same behaviors it feels it's great because I do have more money now to pay for things that I actually need but then it also sometimes it it does feel a little bit like you have to control it or like deny yourself that addiction that you want to like give into which is ultimately bad for you but you know but it's using up a lot of willpower and energy and yes yeah yeah I don't know but I don't know yeah it, it doesn't I guess I just I'm frustrated because I don't always know why I can't save more, you Mm. know, because even when I'm looking at my credit card now, it's like I don't even feel like I'm spending that much, but it's still too much. Yeah. Like I'm buying literally food and paying my bills and maybe buying like one thing for the house or a fucking pajama shirt and it still feels like too much. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bummed because I had to pay all my credit cards today. (laughs) In a weird fucking state mood. (laughs) But yeah, then I was doing all this. I was like reading this book on real estate and it was just it felt very overwhelming because I was like paying all my credit cards and listening and doing research on real estate. And it was like, "Mm, do I really know what I'm doing? Should I have a house? Am I making a huge mistake? I have a lot of self-doubt pretty much all the time. Mm hmm. I know it doesn't work for most people, but I really like imagining the worst possible scenario. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then I sleep so much better at night because the- chances are it's not going to happen. And also, I can make the worst case scenario work out pretty well. Yeah. 
Are you done one, this practice before? Are you one of the people on the plane that like imagine it going down? What you would do? I mean, I imagine I would die. <laughs> oh, see, I always when I, when I imagine this on a plane, I imagine like makeshifting a parachute with people's jackets <laughs> from other passengers. See, if that's the one you're imagining every single time I'm on a plane, I'm like, I'm gonna tie together like that person's jacket and that person's coat. I'm gonna make a fucking parachute. I'm gonna open up that latch and I'm gonna parachute my way down. Taylor, you're gonna be fucking fine. <laughs> Dude, if your worst case scenario financially happens, you're gonna you're gonna pull it off, and we're gonna give you a financial MacGyver badge. Yeah, yeah. Like, what is worst case scenario? It's that you don't get any more work, that you're gonna lose your house, but you'll sell your house for a lot of money. For a lot of money, and then I won't make any because I'm paying too much interest on it right now. You will make money. You you could rent it and have it cover itself right now. So See, don't sell it. This is the thing I'm worried about with rent. And then you all just move in with the rest of us. <laughs> Between all of us, we will all you be said housed. It, you can't take it back. It's all in video. Whatever. Why do you whatever? <laughs> For you and Maggie. <laughs> you can come live in my 800 square foot couple. house with <laughs> me and my girlfriend. <laughs> we'll make it work. We'll we'll work out some sort of um, rotation so that like every third week someone gets a house alone. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. So me and my two dogs are going to come stay. What about me and Joey? (laughs) Y'all are on your own. (laughs) But seriously, if you had to sell your house, you'd probably make enough money that you could then live off of that profit for at least a year without. No, how much? I mean, how much do y'all think my house is worth right now? I don't want to tell you. You're going to want to sell it. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. Yeah. When you first buy a house it feels like you're just spending a lot of money and you know you have the down payment and then you have the closing fees and then you have insurance and then you have all the other stuff that comes with home like you're you're gonna have to do some kind of like unless it's a new build you're gonna have to do some kind of like repairs or basic maintenance stuff um it's just yeah it's a money pit it feels like a money pit it feels that way, but actually you're leveraging all of that money into lots more future money. But I, yeah, I guess it's just because I don't have, like, it's not like I have that. It's not like I can use that money. It's not like I am I have it now. It's just like maybe one day if I sell it, in which case. You're feeling down about GameStop. This is what this is. <laughs> I think That's so, what everyone too. keeps saying. It's, <laughs> it was the such an emotional high. drop like the prices of stocks. <laughs> Alright. Your house is Feeling always so going to, bummed about GameStop. Your house y'all. is going to appreciate and do nothing but appreciate unless it fucking burns to the ground and then you get insurance money for it. You know Joe Joey lives in that house, right? There is a high percentage chance that it, that it might to burn to the ground. Then you get insurance money <laughs> yeah. on it. And that it land is, is still worth He almost right? lit our trash can on fire last week. What? Impressive. Yeah. What you got to tell me these things. Guys. <laughs> he didn't tell me until days later. He was like, so I was taking out the trash and I maybe put a cigarette butt in there and it started smoking. And I was like, oh, my God, Joey. Um, yeah. Yeah. I know when I was uh, looking at buying a house last year, I think it was Zach told me like because I was freaking out. I was like, it doesn't make sense. My rent right now is five hundred dollars a month. Why would I pay $2,200 a month to live in a shittier place? (laughs) And he was like, well, because like you right now, 
you pay rent to someone and then it goes nowhere, like it's no longer a part of your life and then you put the rest of your money in savings versus whenever you're paying a mortgage, just imagine all of that money is going into a savings account that's just a tangible home Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just storing your money for you until you're ready to cash out. Yeah, I I do... In the the book that I was reading, they talked a lot. <laughs> reading is a strong word. Listening to, um, and it was a three hour book. It was like, what's that? I, I tried to find the shortest book possible I could on real estate. <laughs> what book was it? It was called Real Estate Secrets. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. That's not um, sexy. <laughs> turns out it's all really obvious shit, but there was also a lot of like numbers and shit. I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Uh, but real estate investing secrets. Um, it's really just like a long podcast about real, but it wasn't as interesting. It was kind of like one of those um, robot sounding. Oh, God. Yeah. But um, when he was going into the whole like renting properties, it made me very deeply uh, and just, I don't know what the word is, like really uninterested. And wanting to rent out a property just because it seems like so much work. Like I would I would definitely hire a property manager if I ever had to do that because I don't want to have anything to do with dealing with tenants, dealing with legality of leases, dealing with fucking maintenance shit. Like that to me sounds so Thing unappealing. Is, is that if you get good tenants, it's not that hard. I mean, if you have like one, like me, I have one house that I rent to really good tenants. Yeah. It's easy. Like – they call me maybe once every couple months and they're like, oh, there's this thing. It's just uh, le- like leaking. And I'll go over there with my toolkit and I'll be like, oh, oh let, me, uh, let me see what I can do for you. And sometimes I can fix it. And other times I'm like, well, I got to call Zach. Uh, and I call Zach and then Zach will try and fix it. And if he can't fix it, then I'll call a professional. And maybe once every like six months, I have to go over there and fix something. What was the process of finding your tenants? Um, I had... Zach's husband find them for me. Zach's husband. His name's Chris. You didn't tell me Um, Zach had a husband. Yeah, sorry. That's the other thruple. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. Julie's husband, Zach, found my tenants for me. Um, Um, I did pay him for that service, though. Yeah, that is really nice. I've I've just heard so many horror stories with, like, tenant situation, tenant-landlord relationships going very badly. I understand you're saying like you're afraid of like being separate from the property and and being responsible for the tenants. But I just want to point out that like you're already doing it. You're already owning a home and at least partially renting it out like and you're doing a great job. That was part of my anxiety today is that I felt like I wasn't uh, because when I was reading or listening to his book, he was like, make sure that you have like you know, all the proper insurance. And I was like, well, I had insurance a while ago, but I don't know if I still do. I should look into that. And then it was like, make sure, like just everything he kept saying, I was like, oh, I don't know if I've done that. Or, oh, I don't know. Like I should look at my fucking, you know, deed. (laughs) I was like, are there things I should be doing as a homeowner that if I don't do them, it's illegal? Like there's rules and regulations that I just never bothered to look into. Like, fuck, what am I doing? Uh, yeah I don't know yeah I should probably read about that stuff too <laughs> have you already had any big lessons over the years Maggie as a landlady hot landlady I'm sure I could I mean it hasn't been that long it's been like two and a half years um 
no <laughs> no lessons learned no no lessons um came out a pro <laughs> yeah well i mean i've had a total of three different tenants that i've dealt with and all of them have been so different that i don't think there's any like one common lesson learned it's all been a bunch of mini lessons learned and no trends um but i did try to do a ginormous home repair with a tenant living in the house that made me feel kind of guilty because then there were big holes in the floors and walls and we were just like you gotta live with that she was really nice about it but i was like ah this will suck for you i'm sorry Zach went and put some spray foam in the holes for us. So. <laughs> Was that the foundation repair? Yeah, I got the foundation repair and it like shifted the floors and the walls. So there's like cracks in some of the windows, the countertops oh, like no. cracked. And all of the drywall, ta- like all of the walls and everywhere the drywall connects came apart. So like it broke Holy the shape everywhere. There was a hole big enough in one part of where the floor connects to one of the walls that I could like stick my arm through it. And she was just like, uh, I like camping, so this is fine, but there are a lot of roaches. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God. That is truly amazing that she was not a bigger dick about that. Well, she, I think she was not really at the house that often. Right. Um, but I still felt bad. I was like, I, sorry. But it was like right when I bought the house and part of me buying the house was getting the foundation fixed. So it was like, none of us had it choice in the matter yeah. right really. the the timeline you, you had to do it because it was part of the financing agreement so you had to do it uh, then even though the tenant was going to be there and the tenant decided they wanted to stay through that yeah i gave her the option to leave i was like you can stay or leave it doesn't matter to me and she's like i'll stay I'm like, all right it's gonna suck <laughs> <laughs> yeah but that just goes to tell you like when you're dealing with tenants and renting out your properties like what may seem um, reasonable to you or obvious to you is not what everyone else finds reasonable or obvious or you yeah. know, what they think they deserve or livable conditions. So um, it's important to have, I guess, a very clear lease of like what, you know, legal language, like what is uh, expected and required. But yeah, I don't know. That stuff freaks me out. I'm just like, mm, just hire someone else to deal with it. I'll just pay Zach to do it. Yeah. It is um, nice to have someone who will find at least background check tenants Mm -hmm. for you and then do the legal paperwork part of it, even though it's not terribly complicated. It is kind of peace of mind. Yeah. Um, So I don't mind at all paying Zach for that stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was one of the big things they talked about in the book was – knowing your weaknesses and asking for help because <laughs> real estate business is um, very expansive and there's a lot of rules and regulations and it can be very intimidating for people and um, hiring professionals who know what they're doing is you is worth your time and money and will probably end up saving you money in the long run because um, yeah not one person can know everything about something as huge as real estate. Which is kind of nice to know there are so many people in real estate that like are expert, you know, experts in like various aspects of it that you can reach out to and talk to and hire to help you. Which reminds me that most people hire realtors and this is funny because of course y'all worked with a realtor who you knew and was a friend (laughs) and and, yeah what um 
but most people just work with whatever realtor someone they knew worked with without ever asking them any hard questions. Mm -hmm. And yet buying a house might be the biggest investment you make in your entire life. And you're not even going to interview like a second person or ask them harder questions to find out if they know anything about how houses are even built. Because most realtors think their job is unlocking the door, letting you look around and helping you fill out paperwork. And that's been my experience with 99.9% of them. Yeah. And that is not their job. Hello, realtors out there. Please learn something about houses. You sell them for God's sake. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, like a car dealership. They have to know about how the cars work. Mm -hmm. Barely. Theoretically. (laughs) (laughs) The the higher in the cars, the more they're supposed to know. (laughs) Who knows if that's true or not. But Yeah, like a realtor should know in their market if a house was built in the 60s, it might have XYZ type of plumbing that's coming due for maybe repairs now. Mm-hmm. And that that should be the type of thing they need to take into consideration helping you craft your offer to make sure that you're getting money back in order to fix those things so that it's going to get checked in inspection. If your realtor has no idea how different houses in your area were built each decade, that's a big problem if you're trusting them for advice on how much you should pay for it. Yeah. If they don't even know the product. You're right. So please interview multiple realtors go out and see houses with them see if they are a good fit and i will step off my soap no you're that is really probably we could end the episode there because that is the most important (laughs) like if if you if you don't go into a house with your realtor and he and he or she isn't tearing that house apart and why you shouldn't buy it then fire them immediately (laughs) (laughs) house shopping with zach is very demoralizing (laughs) (laughs) he destroys all of your dreams he crushes them (laughs) Yeah, that has happened to me with Zach, but uh, it has worked in my benefit. It's good. That's what yeah. I'm saying. It's a good thing. Like, because when when you're going into buying a house, I feel like, or looking at houses, I feel like you go in with a very like rosy colored. What's the term? Rose colored glasses. Rose colored glasses, where you're like, you just want to love it, and you you're just like, oh, I just want a house. Like this is perfect. But then, you know the. Um, the honeymoon phase ends and you're like what are you left with and that's when you need your realtor like an impartial you know third party to be like this is the reality of the house like it's it's great because it fits the you know x y and z needs and it'll make you money over time and it's a good area but you know it's 50 years old and it's going to have these issues and like this is a repair that's going to come up we need to check if it's in the flood like floodplain just all those different things that you need to take into consideration because when you have a house you're not looking at like Oh, $100 here and there. You're looking at thousands of dollars when it comes to fixing or repairing or modifying anything. Yeah. You just reminded me that I have um, some plumbing repairs that are going to be coming due. <laughs> Speaking of. Hey, what happened um, with your ghost in the kitchen? What was that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um. So Julie came and was helping me and Philippa came and I was like, I don't touch electricity. It's not my thing. I'm too afraid of it. It scares me. But Julia and Philippa were like, we'll poke around a bit. Both got, Philippa. Both got a little bit shocky, though. <laughs> I did I get like, a little shock at one point. got a little bit shocky, and I was like, please don't die. <laughs> trying to figure out what this is. I'll just pay for it. And so um, I lost all the food in my fridge, which kind of sucked. Oh, no. I didn't realize that oh, no. uh, it wasn't. It was on, but it wasn't cooling. Oh, fuck. And then when I turned, it was kind of fun because when I turned on my coffee maker, the lights would flicker. <laughs> and I was like, it was spooky. 
And yeah, like the dryer was on but wouldn't heat. Like all these, like the oh microwave, the microwave would turn on but wouldn't heat. Like cook. That is crazy. I didn't even know that was possible. No. Yeah. So like all of this stuff was happening. I was like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Ghosts. Um. And so Philippa spent forty five minutes like running around outside with a little voltmeter. And like back and forth, back between and the forth two between the two houses, checking things. And she's like, I think I know what it is. And then her and uh, Julie went to, and I was like, okay, well, the electrician's going to be here at three. So I went to Home Depot to get, it was a fuse box for the breaker. breaker. Like a piece of the breaker was broken and it needed to be replaced. replaced. And we were going to run to Home Depot and come back to see if that was going to work. And Home Depot was out of just that one type of oh, breaker. So then we had to go to Lowe's on the other side of town. Yeah. And then we got back and we were waiting for the front tenant, who's a teacher teaching remotely right now, to her class end to her end. class so that we could go and maybe turn the power oh. off. And then the electrician came early. <laughs> Showed up. Turns out <laughs> Philip and Julie were correct. <gasps> and that yeah. the, pe- the piece that, how much was it? Ten, Ten bucks. Ten dollars. Um, and they could have easily replaced it. But by that time, the electrician was here. So I paid him $150 to fix it. That's a bummer. But could have been worse because he might have maybe had to go get that piece and then it would have cost even more. Yeah. And he did. Uh, I think he felt bad about how easy that was. So he hung out and, you know, Drinks gave us beers. some electrical lessons and yeah, he answered Philippa's questions. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah, we followed him around. We're like, okay, explain what this one does. And he was like, well, you almost have it right. Like, this actually goes through here first and then here. And that's why it was doing this. And we're like, oh. That's okay. amazing. That is nice that he bothered to do that. He could have just been like, thanks for the money. Bye. Yeah. Um, Maggie and I had an experience with, was it the dryer in Italy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but this funny. isn't the first time we've taken the power out. We were staying in this lovely little place up a cliff, like in a little city that's like on the cliffs of the Amalfi Coast. And we decided to run two things at once. Mm. We were cooking and drying clothes. How dare yes. you? Yes. And we took out the power for us and all the neighbors. <gasps> oh, yeah. We took out the whole no. block. <laughs> I bet and they loved you. We got a knock on the door. <laughs> we were like, ah. we didn't know. <laughs> oh, man. That's so funny. A small little town. They're like, don't cook and clean. <laughs> like, All right. Sorry. No cook, no clean. <laughs> one or the other. I did have a question about one thing when I was doing research, which sounded like a really good option. Um so I was looking at the different types of ways you can invest in real estate. And he had listed a few. Um, obviously, so according to this book, um, the three ways are join an REIG, a real estate investment group, where you can buy self-contained living spaces in a building and um, an operating company, which is kind of what we were talking about, like the operating company takes over like the marketing and the renting out of it, but you don't have as much control. Like they make the decisions and you pay them a fee. So that's one option. Um, the another, which is according to him, the most costly is becoming a landlord. Um, because you have to, you have more control, but you have to take on all those expenses and make all those decisions. So it's also time consuming. 
Um, and then the cheapest option, which I had never heard of, is REITs, which are real estate investment trusts. REIT. 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 So What's I'll that? wait. I'll read the definition and then, Julie, you can tell me your opinion on it. So it says... Um, REITs were created as a means to allow investors to take part in real estate investments, and they're some of the easiest and cheapest options to add real estate into your investment portfolio, according to this book. So it says ERITs invest directly in real estate, and they are securities that are traded on major stock or major exchange markets like stock. So they include a variety of properties, including apartment complexes, hotels, office buildings, healthcare facilities, data centers, warehouses, self-storage, infrastructure. Uh, like pipelines, pipe, like anything to do with real estate or infrastructure. Basically, you can you can invest in like a whole. It sounds like you can invest in the whole portfolio, almost like an index fund, but specifically real estate based. That was my understanding. Never of Never heard of that. I'd never heard of it. Before. That's cool. Yeah. So it's it's definitely an option if you want to be able to passively invest in real estate. Right. Wow. What a believe... sexy sentence. Because that's exactly <laughs> what I wanted to do. <laughs> I do believe, however, though, you lose the power of leverage, which is the real benefit right. that real estate has over other investment. I guess vehicles. if you just want to invest in like the stability of the real estate market in general, mm-hmm. it's a good thing to do without having to take on any of the responsibility of like owning a home or buying something yeah. directly. Yeah. And there I would are- argue stability-wise, though, maybe not as stable as our um, index funds we talked about in the index funds episode. I wonder what the yield is, though, compared to index funds. So they they have really high yields, um, which I think is one of the benefits. Um, it says uh, over the past 20 years, REIT has delivered a 9.1% annualized returns, How's making that? them the best performing asset class you could own and so outperforming hot. the S&P 500 by 26% annually. So they Super are a really hot. good return on investment. Um, and you have to do almost no work. So, so 9% is 20, 26% higher than the S&P. Percentages, I feel like, are just bullshit. Just fl- <laughs> flung around. So slick. So slick, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I was just going to make up something. I can't even think of anything. <laughs> I, yeah. I was, me and Maggie were texting about, maybe probably GameStop, some sort of stock. And I was like, okay, mine's gone up 178%. Or has it gone up 78%? <laughs> and I like couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, yeah. has it gone up 178 or 70? And I was, it was like blowing my percentages are nonsense. Hey! My parents taught me a song to memorize if I ever get lo- if I ever got lost of my address. Cause like kids don't know their address, you know? Like if you get lost, like how are you gonna tell a stranger where you live? Um, so I she yeah, me and Ryan had to memorize like, and I don't remember it now, but it was like my name is Taylor. This is where I live. 401 Red Stock Drive. A lost, panicked child singing a <laughs> joyful. <laughs> My name is Taylor. <laughs> like, oh Jesus! <laughs> you definitely would have come across as possessed. Yeah. I remember. I had a. 
I definitely had a memory of being a child in Disney World at some point and thinking I was following my mom, but it's because you only see them from like the waist down. Mm-hmm. And then like at some point realized it's not my mom and like lost my shit, couldn't find my mom, been following this person for who knows how long. Traumatizing. <laughs> and then as an adult, I went to Disney World. <laughs> I got followed by a kid. And I got followed by a kid the same way. And I was, was like, it after a fucking time machine, it was you it following was me. yourself. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, no. But I was like walking around after a while. I was like, man, this little kid's following me. And I was like, hey, man. And he was like, <gasps> and just like looked terrified. And I was like, oh, you think I'm your mom? I'm not your mom, but I'll help you find your mom. And he was just like, <laughs> oh my God, you paid it forward. Yeah. I was like, I know exactly how you feel right now. Don't worry. <laughs> me and your mom have the same butt. <laughs> So what'd you do? Did you find her? Did you yeah, like I, a- I think I just like yelled out and she wasn't that far away or something. Oh, okay. Lost kid! Lost kid! <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I asked him what his name was and it was like David or something. I was like, anybody missing a David? And then someone was like, yeah, over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, I am missing a David. Did she, you like look her up and down? You're like, yeah, same body same type. Butt. No, I, same I don't remember. <laughs> Get you every time. <laughs> that classic grocery store moment as a kid speaking of disney this reminds me of a real estate related story um so me and becca watched that movie founders last week or this week i don't know time means nothing and um in the like i was reading about like facts about um ray Kroc, roy roy Kroc, the ceo of mcdonald's and one I of you were gonna say of Crocs of Crocs. <laughs> I mean, that would make sense, not McDonald's. <laughs> um, but one of these really crazy facts that like blew my mind for some reason was that um, when he was a teenager, he lied about his age to be enlisted and do uh, drive around like a medical emergency van during the war. And uh, Walt Disney did the same thing, lied about his age at 15 to be enlisted to be a medic driver. And they met like at their camp. What? They met at their camp at 15. Walt Disney and fucking Roy Kroc, the CEO of McDonald's, met when they were 15 year old boys because they both lied about their age to go into the military. Which blows my mind that these two huge like fucking massive like icons have the same origin had story. Had the same origin story and both heavily involved in real estate. Like Roy, we learned from the movie that, is it, it's Roy Kroc, right? Ray. Ray, is it Ray Kroc? Ray Kroc, like most of how he was able to build that empire in McDonald's was buying up properties. He like started a real estate company, bought up properties and then rented out those properties to people that were running um, the McDonald's franchise, the franchisees. And that's like how he made the real money because before he was having them go out and like find land and he wasn't like a part of that process. And then once like this guy approached him, this lawyer, I'm telling the story terribly, but like in, just watch Founders. In the movie, the guy, like the lawyer approaches him. He's like, actually really what you should be doing is buying up properties and then renting out those properties to people. And that's how he like, was able to like basically really start making big making the big money which was crazy that like that's how mcdonald's like really got its foot in the door and then you know obviously disney with like 
buying up huge amounts of land and building theme parks on them for children. Glendale, California. <laughs> That's where me and Sarah lived. 